Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 160 of Value Town. I'm Chairman V, and joining me, of course, is Gara. What's going on, but brother? I said, uh, it's going great as always. <laughs> good, always good. looking forward to the show. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you normally have a mirror behind you? I just noticed the mirror. Yeah, I also just noticed it. Okay, yeah. Just make sure you're not. It's kind of like a new room. <laughs> I'm not familiar with all the stuff. Dude, mirrors have have been the the demise of many streamers in the past. <laughs> so be care- be careful of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone soon. <laughs> you're gone soon. Okay, okay. Well, I want to welcome our guest Tyler uh, joining the show again. It's been a little while, but uh, good to see it's you. It's been especially- quite a while. Yeah, has it? Oh, well, it was. It wasn't too that we had you at least last year on, on last year I think right yeah so it's been it's been a good year but uh, time goes fast so yeah let's be back again yeah absolutely and you've like straight off the uh, HCT Bangkok tournament so it's gonna be awesome getting a chance to hear that or just all about that and your experience over there any yeah. crazy times was it was it more fun during the event or after the event hours um both like when you have to compete obviously you don't have time to hang out but uh if if you're one of those guys who lost early on day one day two then i'm pretty sure you had the amazing <laughs> That's time true. That's true. i guess you didn't have as good a time then um, i had a great time the last day so uh yeah kind of regret not booking like an extra week of vacation there yeah okay i've never been to yeah. bangkok so that'd, that'd be pretty cool to eventually go uh but we'll get there we'll, we'll get to that part uh, actually of the show we'll talk about hd bangkok as well as some of the other pro events uh but there's some news uh, from blizzard in terms of hot fixes cha- um changes for a keyword that's a little bit surprising some more giving away of packs and different you know uh, ways of doing that right now and uh, so talk a little bit about that and of course, um, Mechatorch Workshop is back with, uh, I think only like two cards this time, uh, but uh, keep sending those in. If you want to send in you know, any of your custom cards, do that at valuetown at Uh But I also want to remind you guys that this episode is sponsored by Zip Recruiter. If you're uh, interested in looking for a job or actually trying to um, you know, post a, a job listing, you can check them out. We'll talk a little bit more about them a little bit later. And of course, HSReplay.net. Um, you know, Valuetown is an HSReplay thing, just so people don't, like, some people don't realize that yet, but... Just want to clarify that for folks that don't know that. Uh, but all right, let's start off the show with uh, talking about our week in Hearthstone. Like, what you guys been up to? I know Tyler, you've been traveling a lot. Um, Gara, what you been up to? Just been laddering? Yeah, pretty decent climbs. Mm-hmm. I I had like very good win rates with Spellhunter. Got to a top hundred Asia and Europe, and climbing in NA as well. That meme pretty, deck, pretty man. That, that meme deck has legs, man. <laughs> you got to give it to Spellhunter. It's like amazing how well it does in, in High Legend. The secret is to win when you don't draw barns, I guess. Yeah. To get into High Legend with right. the deck. Yeah. So are things normalized now? Like everything's back to normal? Uh, seems um, like it. Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat? Yeah. Okay. There's, there seems to be some kind of change in, in the amount of like MMR we gain and we lose, mm-hmm. but it's proportionate. So it seems that if, if you do well on that, you will climb. So I have no complaints. I think it should all work out normally in the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And yeah. the hotfix of the 30 games you have to play, it, it's definitely, it's probably the best solution they could have come up with. I'm really happy about that one. Yeah, for those not familiar with the hotfix, um, you might want to explain that, like the 30 games. Um, you have to pl- you have to win 30 games, right? Before No, you have to play 30 games. Just play games 30 games? Are, okay. Okay, so... When you're a legend. Okay, so once you play 30 games in the legend, then then I guess it, it starts to kick in um, the the matchmaking part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you're eligible to get points. Yeah, and you're eligible to get points, right? Right. So um, that was their way of kind of you know trying to fix the issues they had right in, in the very very beginning of it. So that was definitely good. Um, on top of that hot fix, we actually had a hot fix in Arena too, which was very timely given that we did an uh, Arena episode last week. I feel like. Last week there was this wave of arena stuff, you know, whether it was on Reddit or you know, and and on our show too. And like a day after, maybe two days after, they decided to change, um, uh, just the, at least the Lich King, like some of the the more powerful cards, right? Just what the frequency of them were. So, um, haven't gotten a chance to look at the stats quite yet. I mean, we can maybe take a look at HS replay while we're talking about this, but um, you know, like I think last last week we were talking about Lich King being like 9.5%, you know, of a, like appearing in 9.5%. So, um, yeah, they they obviously are going to lower that, which is going to be cool. So, we'll see how that uh, at least how the arena community uh, reacts to that soon. But uh, have you guys gotten a chance to play the StarCraft Brawl? You know with the uh, I haven't. I've been so busy. Yeah, yeah. Make I sure you get it in so you can get the three packs. You just got to win one time. You get three oh, yeah, KNC packs. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, free Gar, packs are always good. Yeah, free packs definitely. Gar, you, you tried out at all? Uh, I haven't played it yet. Yeah. It's, I know it was today. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, I'm a big StarCraft fan, too. So it's kind of cool that there's an homage to it. And um, it's pretty simple. It's like... It's not that different than some of the, you know, uh, tavern balls we've seen in the past. But basically, in the very beginning of the game, you get to choose like one of these tech, like or which which type of portals that you want, and then you get these these cards that cost one mana in your hand, um, and then they just give you like different types of cards. Like so, the tech is like the Terran, mine is Protoss, and and swarm or the Zerg is or the swarm is the Zerg. So it's kind of random, of course, but it's, it's kind of cool. It's just that has that kind of theme. Um, but yeah, definitely play that, guys. Because if, again, if you win one time, you get three free KNC packs. So uh, take advantage of that if you want to. Also, they announced today that March 26th, starting you know in five days, when the card reveal start, you'll receive a free pack for every daily quest you finish. So that that's pretty nice too. Well, that's a lot of packs. Yeah, yeah, and, and you be sure to save up your your first. You know, like on on the very first time, make sure you have three quests available, not like. Just one, because I think you get get them for all three. Like it's not limited to one a day. So that that first day you could get three. I think is how it works. So uh, oh, that would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you do that yeah. too. Like, um, and I, I think that lasts for two weeks too. So you know, fourteen plus two, so you can get like up to sixteen packs, I believe. It's pretty sweet. Definitely good. Um, let's see, what else was there? Oh, Ben did that. Um, that. Q&A, right, Gara, that you were mentioning on, uh, uh, what site was it on again? It was... On YouTube, on, by Wired. The Wired, they, right, right, yeah, Wired. Yeah, it's a big channel. Yeah. So do you, you, you get a lot out of that interview at all? I mean, cool? 
I knew most of the stuff because I was like at a Blizzard HQ and I, I followed like pretty much all the queues in with yeah. Blizzard. Like the same questions come up all, all the time. It's just overall, I think the the newest question was definitely if they're keeping an eye on the Q block deck and the demon lock deck, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of, especially pro players were concerned about that if Blizzard is paying attention to that archetype and that almost no card of that deck is rotating out with the next year's cycle. And Ben said they are. So okay. can't say for sure what that means. They're like looking into it and paying attention to it. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we can blame them then, right? <laughs> if the deck is OP afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> because they said they are, are they looking into balance of the deck. And yeah. And I see some great questions afterwards. right here. When will we see Pepe in Hearthstone? Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course, somebody has to ask that. And then why aren't there female kobolds? That's actually And then I've he never said there is about. one. Are there? He said yes, you have to pay closer attention to it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe wonder what signifies a female kobold. I there there must be something that distinguishes them. Maybe Chad knows. I have no idea what how we could tell between them. All right. Well, anyways, go check that out, guys. It's um, it's on Wired. Uh, if you just go to their YouTube site, you can see uh, this cool interview with Ben. Ben's always a, he he's just made for video. This guy. I mean, he's he's like so camera, um, camera friendly. It's like amazing. But check that out. Uh, we had another. We had a surprising developers insight too. I was like, oh, cool developers insight. Let's check out what this is. And it talked about the enraged keyword. So did you guys see that? Like where, how they're yeah. just removing the enraged keyword? Oh, it's very uh, enraged. I actually don't know about it. What is it exactly? Yeah, they're they're um, removing the enraged keyword. They're just going to go back to to um, using you know like a more ver verbose version of it. You know, like when damaged plus three attack. You know, whatever it is, right? Oh, uh, so, yeah. That was. Uh, that was interesting. I'm not sure why they decided to do that. I mean, I don't think anybody I mean, was complaining. The explanation about. from them was that they're not doing too much with that mechanic. It's a very old mechanic, and they don't plan to implement more minions with that mechanic, the enrage mechanic. So they're just going to change the existing cards to if your minions damage, get plus free attack. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's not like a big deal at all, but I'm just surprised that they would take even the time to do that. Yeah. You know, Another like... explanation was that every like of these um, um, effects mm -hmm. are usually like uh, very special, like discover, uh, what is it? Plus damage. Discover, taunt, lifesteal. They're usually like very like um, a cool tribe or whatever. And Enrage was like also one of these tribes, but it was kind of like an old mechanic and they don't want to implement new cards, right? Mm -hmm. So... Okay. Change. Yeah, I mean, it again. It was just more surprising than anything else. It's it's like, um, yeah, you know, does it matter? In the end, it doesn't matter at all. It's not a big deal. I guess it's good. To, it's good to know that they're willing to change oh. stuff. You know. It's, it's yeah, they also good. said that it's easier to learn. Like if you're a new player. Yeah. And if you just read what it does, and you have to learn what enrage is, like. I guess it's like a little bit easier. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So that should be happening soon too. So the days of angry chicken having enraged or even Oregon right here, you know, we'll, we'll go back to having all these words on it. 
it's not that big a deal, but <laughs> the biggest news there is, I guess, that they're not going to be doing any more enraged type of mechanics. It's kind of sad for like warriors, right? Warriors have like the perfect mechanics for enrage, so it's a little bit sad there. If they do, it will be if the minion is damaged, get plus two attack. <laughs> right, right, true. Um, uh, let's see. Next thing. Uh, I don't, why don't we just jump into the HTT talk? I mean, there's there's definitely several things to talk about there, and um, you know, Tyler, we we talked about you being are going to Bangkok. So um, event wise, uh, how did you like the event? I mean, was a was it um, was the playing field super competitive? What, how was it organized? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it was super stacked. All these events have been super stacked. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of teams are investing lots of money to send their players to all these events mm-hmm. surprisingly to me because um like at the end of the day the ev you get the expected value you get from going to these events is not that high right for example i finished 24th and i got four hct points i do it for the hct points because it qualifies me for prelims etc etc and uh um i think i got like a hundred dollars or something for finishing 24th but uh, like um, yeah, yeah. A, a team spending like 700 bucks or something on a flight yeah. and then hotel costs and everything. Um, I didn't expect so many organi- like organizations to send all these players to all these events. So that's um, very surprising for me this year, at least. But it, as a result, it's very stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is is it only big teams sending it? Or I mean, are you seeing people across the board? Did people, did you actually have any friends or any any players that you know pay their own way to bangkok because that's a yes, long a lot ways of, a lot of a lot of players actually also paid it for themselves wow. um for okay. example one guy in my practice group viper who's like a really good player he he paid for everything himself yeah and i'm pretty sure there were a lot more other players also did that i'm not sure about all the apec players mm-hmm. um because obviously there were a lot of them there as well mm-hmm. but for them it's a bit cheaper right yeah, but yeah, I was just surprised that yeah, just that that there so many so people many were there. Players. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like I, I think that um, it'll be interesting to see how it compares to Oslo because Oslo is much closer to a, a lot of you know just Europeans. For, for it's not that long of a trip, but I, I have this feeling there might be more people at at Bangkok than there at Oslo. Surprisingly, it's it's kind of odd. But uh, Oslo is this week, by the way, so. It's kind of a back-to-back um, events for a lot of the players, including Tyler. You're going to be at Oslo, right? I'm going to be at Oslo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leaving this Friday, so I have yeah. two days rest now. Crazy, man. The grind is is real. How are you going to get laddering in there? Just uh, we, we, we ladder while we're there. Well, right? I saw that, <laughs> but that, that <laughs> was not your account, right? That was... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, at some point when you're at the venue, and, for example, I have, like, an iPad with me, so I, I play yeah. ladder, and then sometimes... When you face me on ladder while I'm at the event, you can assume that there's like 10 to 20 other pro players helping me out. It's <laughs> impossible you. It's to really beat funny. you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Okay, that's cool. So what are you right now on the ladder? Actually, um, you I'm like top, Yeah, I'm like uh, top 100 on one server and then pretty dumpster on the others. But, uh, okay. Yeah, go you ahead. have like 10 more days? Yeah, 10 more days. You still got some time, right? It's usually, it's usually. Well, I don't know. Do you, need, you guys need to start? Actually, Gara, what what are you at now, or what rank are you at right now? Two servers at around two hundred. Okay, and, but I'm playing all free servers. I, I thought Tyler would also play on free servers, so I might actually be the only player who plays on free. <laughs> like I'm actually trying on all free. Yeah. To get high. 
No, that's cool. I mean, I, I would have normally played on three servers. I think yeah. I would have done it this month, but uh, uh, I tanked my rank because of the 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 server uh, bug at some point. Mm-hmm. So I was playing when the ladder wasn't working. So I I dropped all the way to like rank seven thousand or something. Oh man! And it's almost impossible to get back up. So I kind of gave up on that one. But I do think I will start going play three servers next month. So what's the, what's the meta for that now? Is are you guys going are you guys going hard right now? Or are you going to wait until like a week out or I forget when It's 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 changed that it's like almost impossible to not play on the last day. You kind of want to get yourself into a good position. Mm-hmm. The best would be is like be into top 20 or top 10 on two days before season ends. I think this is what everyone is trying. If yeah, you yeah. achieve that, you're in a good spot. If not, you go for like around top 100 and then you have to play 24 hours. Yeah, like, so people say all the time, the only thing that matters is the last few days of ladder, mm-hmm. um, which is true. Like the last few days are the most important ones, but you want to be putting yourself in the best position possible going into the last few days. So someone who's top 20 with three days left is going to have a higher chance to finish top 20 than someone who's like 500 or something, right? Mm-hmm. Because the person who's 500 will need a higher win rate to get there in the last couple of three days. So right. at the end of the day, you want to put yourself in the best position possible and be high ranked near the end. So yeah, we're constantly playing. Yeah, so even 10 days out, you're just like grinding it hard, right? Yeah, for okay. sure. Wow, okay. This is also like regarding that, um, you can really see an exponential growth in the competitive scene in yeah. Europe compared to the other regions. Like this month, like I think Thais mentioned it as well, it's expected that you need around 30 points to qualify for preliminaries in Europe. And it's around 20 points in, in America. So it's now a 10 point difference, which is wow. like 50% more points. And that is not just 50%. Like these extra points are so much more difficult to get mm-hmm. than yeah, just 15% points in general. Like 10% points in general are not difficult to get, but 10% extra, like 50% extra points yeah. because you don't have tournaments or cups or anything. It's it's so hard. Like Europe is so stacked. It's insane. And it grows, you know, like we see really an uptrend you, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they have to maybe like make a split Europe in two regions. I think the biggest problem we have wow. in Europe is that Russia is part of Europe. Yeah. And there's a lot of Russian players. Like it's it's almost like a, an own continent. It's it's crazy. It, it's just the competition is t- t- uh, too much, I, yeah. I think. It's too hard. Wow, that'd be interesting. Or just up the players. Two regions. That, I mean, or like I, I, just up the players in Europe, you know, that instead of 64... 128 or so can go to the prelims right okay that's at least in europe it's just really super stacked mm-hmm. yeah i agree that it's mm-hmm. insanely stacked it's a part well well uh, what finish do you need now garrett to actually uh, expect to make it i mean uh, expectation is around so i think around top 100 yeah i think i have 21 points and you probably need around 30 so i guess yeah. nine points would be top 100 that's what is expected is that so which is crazy to think about just to get to prelims yeah. 30 points 30 well, points, that's bare, 30 points. Wow. and that's the bare yeah. minimum right the are you gonna minimum. Reach that even yeah the bare minimum to get to prelims it's just a prelims is not like a super achievement or anything just to get to prelims in europe you need 30 points in america this is like some of the top earners are 30 points <laughs> 20 points is a huge difference it's really crazy like everyone in can you imagine like everyone who has around 20 points in Europe right now yeah. would make it to NA prelims already. There's like 200 people in Europe. 
Yeah. I mean, this is it's, what happened last year too, right? We, we saw the same. Yeah. We saw the yeah, cutoff but, much but, higher yeah, in, yeah. in Europe. But so. it was around six points difference, which was insane last year. But now it's around 10 points and you have <laughs> oh, less ways to get points. That's great. It's really like exponential growth. It's yeah. it's, it's Okay, well, that, I mean, that, that definitely makes sense as to why everybody's playing NA as well. Um, or just this way, maybe well. so many go to these tour stops as one in Europe. Mm -hmm. A lot of Europeans go yeah. because you've got to get yeah. those points. Yeah, so Tyler, you know, you, you've definitely been you know pretty consistent with your finishes. Um, you know, this, especially this year and even that towards the end of last year. And, you know, like last year, the beginning of it, it was like when you were first starting to go to events. Like I kind of remember when you were, you know, just beginning this. So yeah. at this point, you're, you're, you're having these consistent finishes. You finished, what, 24th this time. Um, how are you feeling about HCT? Like, are you, you feel like you're, you're poised to win one? Like, if you can just get hot at one of these things? Or do you, you still think that, you know, you're still trying to get more experienced, you know, at, at a lot of these live events and, and um, you know, still on the way to, to kind of getting to be one of these seasoned players? Mm, I, I think I just need to get one of my lucky streak at some point. There's definitely been tournaments where I brought bad lineups, and there have been tournaments where I brought really good lineups. Yeah. And uh, I've definitely gotten better at it. Also, with just um, working a lot with my teammates, um, Casey. This this time I worked a lot with Casey, my teammate, and he's really good at uh, what he does. And... Um, I was really happy this time about my lineup, and I finished 24th, and I just hated the format. I hated it, it was double elimination. Right. Oh, it was double elimination? Like, I was about yes. to say that. Like, I I, uh, I can't believe they didn't do Swiss, because Swiss is, like, the standard these days, right? Like Yeah, I, it is. And I was I was also, like, I, I, I just assumed it was Swiss going in, like, when, when we were doing the prep work, and then I asked SKC and was like, wait, is the format actually Swiss? And I was like, nope, double elimination. And uh, yeah, that, that just hurts because um, whenever you lose your first match and you fall down to the lower bracket, mm -hmm. it basically means you have to win two, two, two matches instead of one for every time you, you lost. And so in order to advance one round, you have to win two matches instead of one on the upper bracket. And that just hurts a lot because in the end, um, people who finished the entire tournament on top four, for example, Kray, my teammate, which I'm really happy that he finished it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, like, uh, uh, we take those. But he ended up the tournament with a 5-2 score, and I ended up 24th place with a 6-2 score. And then Casey ended top 16 with a 8-2 score. Wow. And then the argument is obviously, well, if you fall to the lower bracket, you get easier opponents, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> like, right. It's marginal, very right. marginal. Especially Hearthstone at this level too. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. We're it's, not we're not talking that where it's like, yeah, you're playing like the the 128th seed who's like this qualifier who's terrible. You know, no, yeah. you're playing like another pro player who's you know on a it could be just having a bad day like yourself. You know, that sort of thing. So, I can't believe that four years in we still have like I can't super bad formats. Yeah, do you know that WECG was the same? There were like four men groups with round robin instead of double elimination. And that means that at least 50% of the groups will have tiebreakers. It's so bad. Like, round-dropping with four people is just horrible. If three people I, go free one you have tiebreakers. Yeah, but true, but I still think it's better it's than really double bad. in, though. I, I still think that No, that if you have four main groups, then double elim is the way to go. Oh, in the groups, sure. It's, but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. like, an, an overall tournament being double him, no, I would take horrible. the groups. I would it's take horrific. the groups. Everyone knows it. Over that. And we still have so many <laughs> qualifiers and tournaments. It's, I don't get it. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. How, how, what was the bracket size again? 
Tyler? It was 128. Is that right? No, it was uh, 256. Yeah, like, I don't even think it's more efficient to do double limb. No, you know? absolutely not. Yeah, so I don't know why they would have... I don't even understand the reason for choosing double yeah, limb Yeah, I still all. don't know why they... Yeah. Um, it's because like the this event is officially the tie major that they have been doing for years, and they have always been done been doing it double limb. And I don't know for some reason they just wanted to stick to that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Well, um, you know, it, it's pretty brutal for the players that travel that far. They only play two two matches too. That that would be really really harsh. Um, yeah. To have fallen. So thankfully you didn't. You weren't there. Yeah. Thankfully you got a chance to, um, you know, play eight games there and had a pretty good run. Um, how was the meta? Like, how? Like, how did your meta end up matching up? Like, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at this mage deck that you were like a bit disappointed because you were so proud of this mage deck, but didn't get yeah, any, any yeah. uh, uh, airtime. But overall, like, what what do you think um, the meta was and how you matched up against it? I, I think we had like a really good read on the tournament meta, and it's it's very interesting this year because we have so many tournaments back to back with the same uh, expansion. Mm -hmm. For example, last year we didn't have that. For example, we, the last year the only relevant tournament really was the HUT, like the HUT qualifiers, the preliminaries, and that was once every three months. And then we would have DreamHacks in between, but DreamHack would have been um, a different format. It was last year standing, and HUT was Conquest. So last year. Um, we didn't have this um, this hype where um, the next tournament would counter the previous tournament meta, mm -hmm. and now you're seeing it a lot with all the tour subs. And there's like so many of them, and all the online qualifiers, and you just keep seeing that people react to the previous meta. And that happened again in Bangkok, where um, some players would straight up copy the best lineup from the previous tournament from right. ACT Toronto, and then there were some players who would try and counter that, and then there was like the group um of players that would go next level and counter both of those and that's what we kind of tried to do and <laughs> i i think we had like a really good lineup going in and to be fair uh um i i think i could have won my last series as well and like made top 16 so that was kind of sad oh really but, uh, okay yeah well, that's good well it sounds like at least you had a pretty good read on what was going to be there. Yeah. And um, let's look, take a look at this mage deck because this mage deck is pretty interesting. It's got a couple cards that really stand out here. But, um, you know, it's definitely the um, uh, kind of big mage or big, yeah, the, the kind of big spell mage. Uh, but we have like Bright Eyed Scout in this <laughs> yep. as well as the Basilisk too, the Stone Skin Basilisk. Yeah. So talk about those two cards. I, I know. Um, the key card in this deck was the Stone, Sk Stone Skin Basilisk. What we were trying to do is um, we knew for sure that everyone was going to bring both Priest and both Warlock. So our plan was to ban the most aggressive deck. And then, um, because since it's Conquest, if you have decks that completely destroy Priest and Warlock, then you easily get all your decks through. So we had Miracle Rogue, which um, really destroys the Priest. And and then we were trying to find a fourth deck that could also beat Priest and Warlock. And that was really hard. We spent, I think, about a week trying to figure it out, and we just couldn't find it. And then at some point, we were just like messing around, and um, Viper came up with the idea of trying Stoneskin Basilisk. <laughs> well, this guy, if you play it on turn three, it destroys every single minion. <laughs> it destroys a Mountain Giant from the Warlock, and it actually just destroys two minions from, from the Priest. So... What ended up happening a lot this tournament is that we actually 3-0'd every single priest 
Um, Priest just so couldn't awesome. be our lineup. And you know that everyone plays Priest, so yeah, it worked out really fine. At some point, I was just, multiple times, I was also just too old behind, and then I just 3 0 the guy's Priest, and then he was like, I, I don't know if he realized that our lineup was designed to beat his Priest, or, or if he mm -hmm. thinks he was really unlucky, but right. I 3 0 a lot of Priest, yeah. That's that's awesome. I mean, I don't think anybody would guess that this card would have been so effective against some <laughs> of the top decks. And that's what's so great about deck building. And again, like always, you know, um, uh, measuring each card equally, you know, like not just, just writing off cards. You know, I think it's always good yeah. to, to review them again, you know, or, or take a, another look at the collection again, like every so often. Um, so Bright-Eyed Scout, Bright Scout, uh what were some of the big hits from that like what were you trying to to really nail here um the the, the thing is like with our lineup we just can't accept it that we we lost to super aggressive lineups anyways like we can ban one aggressive deck but this mage deck wasn't designed to beat aggressive decks so we cut like all the healing we got arcane artificer we got alexstrasza and um the Bright Eyes card was just a good card on four because we played the best list on three play Bright Eyes card on four and there's like nearly not any misses right if you even if you hit like any of the six mana cards or the seven mana cards you're still fine you draw a card and you discount it for a bit and some once in a while you get like a super high roll and you <laughs> of course. i had one game where where i went stone skin basilisk uh my opponent just passed couldn't do anything and then i went bright eyed scout into Frosty Jane and just won the game. Just won the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. getting, you know, Frosty Jane and Water Elmo starting at turn five is pretty good. Yep. <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> um, okay. Well, this is really, I mean, this is definitely the, the type of decks I love to see whenever, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, just pro events. The Raven Familiar, too. Like, uh, anything, well, I guess that's that's been obviously run a lot just in the, yeah, the recent core iterations. Yeah. Um, Baron's in here. Like, we haven't seen Baron in a while, right? As the the kind of uh, Reno Jackson of this, you know, Frostless Chain yeah, type of thing. Yeah. Is it used pretty much the same way? Just to get you like a, you a same way. It's just like yeah. a lot of extra heal. Yeah. And, okay. Gotcha. And um, it, it helped against uh, the Dude Paladin also. Yeah. Gar, any, yeah. any comments on this deck? Anything that you see that's really cool? It's very greedy. <laughs> that's it's the theme. Greedy. That's yeah. the theme of the meta right now. It's like, it's like how greedy can you get, you know, until the whole meta just completely shifts on you, right? This this list screams Casey all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Casey likes greed. Yeah, yep, he does. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the plan was to ban, ban the most aggressive deck, and we knew that everyone was going to have Warlock and Priest in their lineup. Mm -hmm. um, no one in the right mind would not. So yeah, it worked out fine for us. I, um, it's actually quite sad because um, both Casey and I through kind of through our last years, like we played the suboptimally. I think we Casey would have been able to advance to top eight, and I would have been able to advance really? to at least top sixteen. Oh. Yeah, and then because we were also um, two of the nine players who brought Miracle Rogue, and we did well with that. Mm -hmm. My Miracle Rogue actually went undefeated, like five zero. Nice. That's why because we of yeah. <laughs> That's why I because saw of the expected <laughs> over yeah. over the weekend. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, so Sindragosa. Any any big hits with Sindragosa during uh, your matches? <laughs> oh my god, I I got a uh, Murabi out of Sindragosa. <laughs> okay, all right. And I didn't know how it worked, <laughs> so I ordered it wrong, and then like yeah, did I, that I cost you? The first, no, it, it didn't cost okay, me the game, luckily, but. <laughs> 
I froze his minion first. It was um against spiteful druid, mm-hmm. and I, f- I had a water Elena board. I froze his um um grand archivist. Yeah. And then I played Robbie, and I was like, okay, where's my grand archivist? <laughs> but it didn't quite work that way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I even had people behind me laughing at me. But uh, yeah, I've done that yeah. too. So I'm, I hear you. I totally hear you on that one. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that, yeah, this, this mage is definitely really cool. You know, every time I would flip on uh, HTC Bangkok, there would be a player that brought Murloc Paladin, and it was it would be like the first game of the series, and I just, I just found them playing it over and over just to try to get a win because it was by far the, the weakest deck i think in, yeah, in, the, in yeah, the tournament yeah. so you saw these guys just just regretting bringing it and trying to win it like like right from the get-go and in like three straight so it was it was pretty brutal for the murloc paladins out there and uh i guess that's that's true across the board right it's it's one of these things where you see the difference in events where the murloc paladin does super well in ladder at least for you know maybe not the very top of legend but but definitely just right under and, and obviously in ranks one through five but in the events it's like one of the worst ones right like that people yeah, are bringing yeah. yeah it's just that the turn meta shifts so much every single time mm-hmm. and uh um if you get too predictable it, it, yeah you can lose very early on mm-hmm. that's how it is right now I saw a tweet from Frozen like the other night. It was either it wasn't last night, maybe the night before, and he was just saying how he thinks that the meta right now is the you know like requires the highest skill cap and you know is is kind of like really in a really good place from the standpoint of, of that in terms of competitive Hearthstone. Um, do you guys yeah. agree with that statement? Uh, I like the tweet, so I, I agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 been it's been. Uh... It's been pretty hard. I think it's pretty rewarding if you uh, if you have good preparation right now for tournament meta at least. What's your favorite matchup right now? Like, wh- which matchup do you just love playing against in terms of skill and the challenge? Mm. I've seen people struggle a lot in the cube lock mirror. I think that's a very hard matchup, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people uh, disagree on a lot of stuff still. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, even among pro players, uh, the, when I was in Bangkok, there was like a discussion between um, what do you cube as in a cube block mirror? Oh, and uh, one guy, one guy was like, um, you always go for uh, cubing the doom guards and go for pressure, and the other guy was like, you never cube the doom guard, you always cube the void lords, and if you get more void lords, you always win. So stuff like that. Even among the pro players, they disagree about it a lot. Wow. And personally, yeah. I think you cube. You try to cube a lot of ward lords every time. I don't think cubing doom gods wins you games often enough anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just the great. So wall. this is very, very interesting uh, things. That's good. I mean, when you have a like a divide in what people think is right, that that's a good sign. That means you know, like the the meta hasn't been figured out yet, and that's that's always yeah. uh, a great. And even all the matchups haven't been figured out, so. Mm-hmm. And then when you start mm-hmm. playing mage decks like that, it's even <laughs> even harder yeah. to like. Yeah. Really well, what happened with me is that a lot of people didn't know what to ban. Like, I'm, a lot of people would ban wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they were so confused by the lineup and didn't know knew exactly what I was trying to do. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Keeping them on their toes, that's even even better too. Like when when they're a little confused going into the match, oh, that could that's a, just that slight advantage you need. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, well, you know, Bangkok's over. So congratulations to Shanghai, by the way, for, for winning. Uh, huge win for him. And Crane made it really far, too. It was like ruined for him. But, um, you know, I, I think that was still a good amount of points for him. So that was, that was really great. Uh, we had a Challengers Finals, too, Gar. Like, you were, get, you were like, kind of keeping me updated on that. And F Fugitora has been having a great little run here. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, he won WECG, yeah. which was 150,000. Crazy. I don't know how big the stream was, but usually the Chinese tournaments get only like very few viewers, even though this is like the second biggest tournament besides now Trinity and the yeah, Worlds in terms of prize pool. Mm -hmm. It's like huge in terms of prize pool. Usually the Chinese tournaments all have like insane prize pools, you know, giving yeah. away Ferraris and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And... And I know Fujitora since the beginning, He he's like very low key, like he's like, you know, like semi-pro. I don't know if he's like full pro, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't make enough to be full pro. And winning 150K is insane. That's like, Akon team league yes. was 150K, but split for, in, in, for free players. It's like, and that was like one of the biggest tournaments ever. So you can imagine like winning yourself 150K, that's, that's absolutely insane. And Fujitora won. It's like a player from t Turkey. Yeah. And, you know, pretty bad tournament format. Um, WCG is going on for, since October, I believe. You know, every region mm -hmm. had their own qualifiers. I think Dark and Frozen were there yep. as well mm -hmm. from the known yeah. players. Not so many known people actually qualified for that tournament. I think Dark and Frozen were like the two most famous ones. I was helping out like Luffy. I don't know if he's like that known. Luffy and yeah. people, at least in the competitive scene, know Luffy pretty well. They've been following the competitive scene for a while. Yeah, so Fujitora won that. A little bit of drama apparently with him in Lurker. Uh, but yeah, a crazy run. But um, while he was at the airport or something, he played the Challenger finals mm -hmm. because he qualified for, uh, for that as well. He actually won the very first Challenger qualifier, he won the very first tournament. And he got into the finals of the Challenger qualifier, of all the finalists. Like, only people that won a Challenger Cup played in that tournament. Right. And he got, like, into the finals of that, and he lost the finals. Oh, he lost? Because, I thought he like, won the finals for some reason. Because okay. he, he, it was 8 a.m. in the morning or something for mm. him. Okay. Like, he played the whole night, and before that, he played. He won WCG, and he still managed to get into the finals. <laughs> it's actually crazy. And it's super hard, and it is best of three. Best of three conquest is super hard. Like if you do any mistake, like if you open the wrong deck, like with three decks, uh, like you get punished so hard, especially in conquest. Uh, Wait, so how, how how far did you have to get in that tournament to make it to HGT? There were like two qualifiers in total uh, for all three regions, so it's six tournaments in total. Every region okay. had two tournaments, and you had to. So there's like 500 people for every region, around 500 people. Then you had to get into top eight. And then there was another bracket of the 16 players. And from those 16 players, I think only four or so make it. So it's, wow. And those oh, prelims. It's brutal. super brutal. And all yeah. of them already won. Like, like, you had to win a Challenger Cup, you know? Either yeah. top two, depending on how many people played in it, top two or, or win. It's like, you, you know how hard it was with the, with the Open Cups. Like, but you had to win one. So yeah. all these winners played and only top four. It's, it's super hard. <laughs> and Fujitura almost made it through that as well. It's yeah. so crazy. 
Like he's really on a run. I don't know. It's it's That's back good. to back, you know. Yeah, we see these type of runs every once in a while. So you know, we saw it with Pavel at one point. Saw it. I mean, Tice in the past too. So it, it's it's uh it'll be interesting if Fujitora kind of you know lead, that leads to the HCT event. Is he going to Oslo? Does anybody know? Like, I wonder if he's going to be doing that run. Uh, I hope his team sends him if he wants yeah. to go. That'd be that'd be pretty good to to see if you know he can continue that. Um, HCT Oslo is coming up here. So Tyler, did, did you have you even had a chance to really start prepping for that, or that's pretty much what you're going to be spending because tonight doing? Because I think you have to get decks in by tonight, right? A little bit of drama um, there, right? Yeah, it was a little bit of drama. Like I, I got my decks in yesterday at midnight, so that's exactly 22 hours ago. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there there seemed to be some trouble where some people couldn't submit the deck list. Um, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so they actually extended the submission deadline by 24 hours which is exactly two hours from this point but what happened is that a lot of players actually already tweeted out their lineup and stuff and and that changes everything and it's kind of a huge mess right now yeah Yeah. that's i'm not sure what to learn for like i wonder if the players will just not tweet their lineups anymore until maybe a few more days after the deadline just moving forward because I, I could see this kind of thing happening again, unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's so unfair to the people that tweeted it, right? Like, or the people that actually yeah. got their decks in. Because now they're. I mean, I'm personally the the type that doesn't tweet it. Like, I'm kind of paranoid like that. Like, I, I'm right. very cautious. So I'm like, I'll, I'll just wait. And the reason to tweet it early, that's what I do. But yeah. I can I can definitely feel bad for the people who did because uh, it's it's not their fault, right? At the end of the day. Um. So yeah, I mean, just, just to clarify that. Um, you know, the people that revealed their, their lineups, I mean, they're not completely, you know, um, at a disadvantage because, you know, they weren't allowed to resubmit. I think they're officially allowed to resubmit again, but like we yes. were talking before the show, they're still screwed, right? Cause they put in all this work to get their lineup and now it's basically been ruined. Um, so it's like, you have to make that decision. Do I just go with what was there before, you know, all the work that I've prepped for, or do I have to like try to start over in 24 hours <laughs> that which is very very difficult to do yeah there's two things that can happen right either you're worried about people just basically freeloading of you like you've been working for like a week on your lineup and now everyone can just copy it if they want mm-hmm. that's that's like reason number one and reason number two is that the meta might just com- change completely because people have seen um yeah what all the pro players are bringing so the, the meta might adjust because of that yeah yeah so um are you have you, so you've already resubmitted? Like, what do you think? Um, I haven't resubmitted. I still have like my original lineup, and I've, I've like, like I've been screwed by it too because like the entire day yeah, I've been like trying it's... to figure out if I should be changing something or not, and I'm yeah. getting very paranoid of it, and yeah. I still don't know what I should be doing. And then after this this show to, that we're having, I'm probably gonna spend like the last half hour or so <laughs> making sure I have exactly what I want. But yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we won't probably pry any more out of you for sure. <laughs> definitely want to give you the best chance to win at at Oslo. So looking forward to that. Um so after Oslo, is is that the last one for this this first, you know, uh what are we calling it? Season? I forget what we're calling calling each each of the uh the the winter is it win- is it winter this yeah it's yeah. winter right okay yeah so, I guess you call it a season yeah so Oslo is the last one for this winter maybe there's yeah. like one more in no we just have oslo and um and um and that right okay so, so we have, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. And then we'll round things out, I think, in May, right? And we'll have the, the kind of season finals there. So excited yeah. to see where that... Do we know where the location, the season finals is going to be at? Is it going to be in Australia? I Or... Do we know yet? Did they announce the location yet for the... I, I don't think so, right? Okay, yeah. I, I mean, we have to play the prelims first. Yeah, yeah but still. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, they could have the location, though. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, that would be super. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so it's going to be a pretty exciting April. And on top of, you know, obviously the expansion and everything coming out, too. It's going to be a, a wild time in the, the coming month. Uh, but HTT, guys, yeah, this is this is where it starts picking up. And I can't wait to see. I, I really want to see how the team thing like pans out too after at the end of the season. You know, like just we'll finally get to see what the the actual rankings are for it and 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 things like that. Yeah, like winter was a little bit of a trial run, right? Because mm-hmm. the, our points, the team points, actually don't matter, and then it's gonna start mattering next month. Yep. But it's it's definitely very interesting to see how all the teams are doing, and a lot of like teams we like I I didn't have on my radar earlier, or like picking up players left and right and getting lots of points so it's definitely going to be a very very stacked field of teams i think fighting for it next year and uh, next month you see a small team so. like really ranking up high and in, in competing there uh, like, like a non-big name because uh I, I don't know how many big name teams there really are right now you know outside of like four or five of them right mm. maybe, maybe more like six six or seven of them and then there's okay so i can look it up for you really quick okay sure I mean, I can name right. Like we got Tempo, we got uh, GT, of course, Complexity. Um, gosh, like, I'm having like, uh, let's see. I know FTK has a team, and then uh, the team that Sidonia and Mitsu are on. What? what um, yeah, I forget the name of the Red Velvet. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then Doctor J and them are on that, uh, and Ant are on that on. The Norwegians and that Norwegian side, what? <laughs> yeah, so like the the you know the Norwegian team with Hunter Ace. Um, oh, uh, what's the name? Nordavin. Nordavin. Yeah, Nordavin, right? Yeah. So they would be number one in points right now after the first season. Really? If this one wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so- Fate to Karma would actually be the second team right now. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's very stacked. And but then you also have like a couple of French teams, like you have Arma team mm-hmm. with um totally with uh, Odemian yeah. who who won the thing. So like yeah. they would be the third right now. Yeah, Odemian's so like fire too. Yeah, a lot of teams that are uh, getting lots of points. That's exciting, man. I, I think it's a great time to be picking up players. Like we've still got so many uh, amazing players, pro players right now that aren't on teams. Um, you know, pe- people are picking up on it, so the teams are, are getting to snag it. But teams like, you know, FTK and, and some of these other teams that we just talked about, like, they've had the first pick of the litter, you know, because they're they're kind of first to, to react to this outside of the, the ones that we already know of, like big brands we already know of. So, um, you know, some other teams are thinking about getting in. You should get into Hearthstone right now and support some of these players because they, they could be superstars by the end of this year. Who knows? Yeah, it's it's interesting though because there's definitely a lot of unsigned players still, and there's also like a lot of them who who don't have teams and and um, just like play the game part time while having a job and stuff, and are actually really good at the game. Like if I had the money to like start a team, like I, I would be able to make like a really good team mm-hmm. for pretty cheap. I'm pretty sure. Like, but I'm I'm not gonna like. <laughs> but paying for all yeah. those trips is that would that even be worth it though? Man, that's like. 
it's expensive paying for that but that's the question right if yeah. it's going to be worth it at the end of the day or not because like yeah. um I, I don't know how long this will last like how, how long teams will find it worth it to send all these players to all these events i hope i hope that it keeps growing and hope that the team thing really becomes a thing and that it stays worth it for all these teams to invest in the players yes yeah. it's ultimately it's really good right for everyone Blizzard just has to make a million dollar prize for the team, you know, the team competition. Yeah. That's, a, yeah, that's yeah. all it takes, right? And then yep. <laughs> everybody will be in it. Totally. Okay, well, uh, well, why don't we move on? And before we do move on, I do want to uh, remind everybody that this episode is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. And if you're not familiar with ZipRecruiter, uh, it is a recruiting job site. And if you're tired of you know, having to, uh, you know, if you're, you're looking for somebody, you know, for your company and have to scour like, like all these different job sites and have to like go to each one of them, the ZipRecruiter is going to be perfect for you because it kind of aggregates everything for you into one site. So, um, you know, like eight, the great thing about ZipRecruiter is 80% of employers actually use the ZipRecruiter end up finding a quality candidate for their, um, you know, just for whatever job that they're looking for. So, um, Right now, there's this awesome promotion that for the folks that watch or listen to ValueTown, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ValueTown and actually use the site for free. And, um, you know, I've definitely checked it out. I think it's like, compared to other sites I've been on, it's definitely great. Um, just because, again, like you can basically view the the postings and, and jobs from like 20, 30 different sites just, just from ZipRecruiter. So, um, you know, definitely check that out. And again, you know, thanks to ZipRecruiter for, um, you know, sponsoring the show. And it's uh, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's their slogan. So that seems pretty smart to me to, to use ZipRecruiter. Okay, well, why don't we move on to uh, Mechatorch Workshop? So we've actually got a couple cards from uh, Raydan. And we actually have a couple other cards, too, that we, we received this week. But, um, you know, I kind of like for the sake of, um, you know, kind of keeping it refined. I know a lot of you guys always comment me and get annoyed whenever there's like little typos and things, you know, like in, in the in the card names. So I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, I, I kind of sent emails to the folks that did submit them, you know, the, the ones, the cards that I think are pretty interesting that we want to show just to kind of refine them a little bit and then we'll show them in a future week. But uh, here's an example of one that's like a new quest for... Um, a rogue so uh we got assassin's game it's a legend quest kill 20 minions so like pretty simple quest just kill 20 minions reward fang of the devour and then fang of the devour is basically um a weapon that that just makes your hero uh just have poisons you know so you can just you know basically you know kill stuff in one hit so what do you guys think of a quest that just kill 20 minions because it sounds like that's easy but that's that might not actually be that easy to do early yeah, do that on against right? decks like quest mage yeah do decks yeah. even run 20 which decks do we even run 20 well, like, like silverhand right like the paladins definitely do right um, spiteful decks spiteful or or even just i mean the the heroes that have hero powers that generate minions i mean that's that's going to to add to it too so um i don't know is 20 a, a pretty decent number you, you don't want to make it easy right so, yeah, but um, a lot of the archetypes don't have minion-based strategies or don't even yeah. have 20 minions, then you can't complete the quest. It's inconsistent. Right. So let's say you face a quest mage. Mm -hmm. The quest mage will play like six minions. <laughs> How you gonna yeah. complete the quest? Yeah. Never. Well. And what do you do? Play Leroy? Leroy plus Battlecry give your opponent four minions to kill it? Well, if you're playing this quest, you're probably doing something... 
Oh, you're probably in a control type of rogue, so... Yeah, you would um, play, like, removal rogue, like, to Wild Spines, maybe to Assassinate, you know, fan of Nice, I don't know, like... Yeah. Because that's your win condition, you, you attack, play Fang Devourer, and then you kill your opponent. You're just going to lose the Freeze Mage anyways. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Yeah. I don't think it would have mattered, whatever you did, if you're playing control it, rogue. But you can't complete it, the quest. Yeah. It's definitely a, a very interesting concept. I, I don't think... It, it works just on its own. I don't think any deck has too many minions you can kill. And if, <laughs> if with that in mind, like if you are able to kill twenty minions, most of the time you probably already won the game because, like, yeah. how do you else do you kill twenty minions? <laughs> Basically, you kill the entire deck already. Right. But uh, I, I think yeah. I, I think I think the idea is cool. Like the number could probably go lower, mm -hmm. and then you would need still a lot of cards to support it. For example, like something. Some kind of card that would summon your opponent's minions, like uh, um, Leroy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to Leroy and then kill the the whelps or yeah, it would need more cards to support it. But it's a cool idea. It's like yeah. extreme. Well, is the the Fang powerful enough for you, to you? Like, I mean, if, win the game, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, eight mana hit the stage win the game, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty nice. It's definitely pretty nice. Oh man, it'd be, it'd be be a shocker if you actually could arm this thing and then just it keeps freezing you over and over again. That would be frustrating. <laughs> so. um, but no, cool idea, Raydown. Definitely great. And if you guys have any you know cards you want to send us for Mechatars Workshop, definitely do that at Valuetown at ChamanV.tv, and we'll we'll definitely read those out. Um, so for deck of the week this week, guys, I think we're gonna give Tyler's Mage a, a run for it and, and try it out. We'll see how it does on the ladder. <laughs> you know, again, these, okay. these decks are made Not for doing good. Yeah. I tested it already. You did? You tested it? Oh, you need no. a healing. Yeah, you face aggro decks. You oh, yeah, well. Okay, you just need to queue into a priest. <laughs> just just yeah. queue. There's a bunch of priests. I've been playing a crap load of priests, so, um, I haven't played a paladin in a while, surprisingly. So, um, I don't know. We should give it a try. We don't always have to play decks that, that are, you know, crazy, awesome winning percentages. It's just good to try some new things. And we're, we're you know, we're getting very like at the bottom of the barrel now that we're you know towards the end of an expansion so yeah we need something new to play and this this is gonna be pretty new so i'll post that up on uh, patreon.com slash value town of course and um you know anybody can partake not just the patrons all right let's do some q a here and um we've got ahmad or ahmed uh, and of course like just our our regular are some classes harder to figure out in in the meta uh, and his example is, uh, does Hunter overperform in the beginning of the meta while Rogue takes time to figure out um, its best deck? Mm. You think that's a trend? Like, is there any class that's just, you've kind of seen, have a consistent trend of, okay, well, this meta is figured out really quickly because of, I don't know, it's just how simple it is generally um, versus another class that tends to take some time to figure out? I think I think the deck's are generally better to play a proactive strategy than the decks that require to run tech cards because it's very difficult to tech correctly for a meta and you have to keep changing your deck list because the meta changes every few hours or like hourly even and your individual meta is different than what other people face and mm -hmm. it is different from server to server so basically a hunter a spell hunter is generally better like when you're struggling with a meta, a deck like Spellhunter is better or Secret Mage that is not tagged is better because you have a proactive strategy. You have your barns that win you the game and you don't play any tech cards. 
uh, if you play demon lock, for instance, control lock, to get a high win rate with that is much harder because you need to know, do I have to run skulking guys? Do you have to run silence? How many silence? You know, what tech cards are the best? And it's very difficult to tech correctly, generally. So having like a solid list, this is why decks like um, Token Paladin, Dude Paladin, or um, Murak Paladin are always coming back strong in certain matters because it's pretty much the same list. You don't really attack them too much. It's usually just like a spell break or something, or two spell break or whatever. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, what I can add to that is that usually at, when when it's a very new and fresh meta, like the first one or two, three days, um, what happens is that the very aggressive decks, so like Spell Hunter and, and the easy to build decks, uh, like any kind of aggro deck, then those are usually the strongest in the first few days because Generally, people are just experimenting and and playing bad decks themselves. So, in mm-hmm. in that sense, those decks are easiest to figure out the first few days because it, um, the builds are quite simple to figure out. But uh, but then after that, it's definitely what what Gara says. Yeah. Another another thing is you can actually trick people. This is uh, I think a very new thing that I've seen people do is, uh, for example, I face a lot of zoo on ladder now. And we have seen a trend that even on HustonReplay.net, a very cool website, by the way. Yes, very, very cool check, website. Definitely <laughs> check that out, is that Pirate Warrior is, became tier 1 on Legend because everyone mulligans for Deadman's Hand Warrior. Yeah. This trend will not stay for long time because people adopt and they will, you know, start mulligan against Pirate Warrior. But this is what people try to do. Everyone expects, like, for you as well, like, if you face a Warlock, you will just super mulligan, super greedy. Like you will keep weapon removal, you will keep like your super greedy cards, and then it's soon you get punished. This is really what people. This is why priest is so hard to beat on on the ladder because it can be spiteful priest, can be big priest. Or this is what also people are doing right now, trying to play different archetypes. Same goes for mage. It could be big spell mage or like uh, you know secret mage. Very different mulligan against these two decks, and this is what people are trying to abuse. And this is also how you can increase your win rate, by the way. Just abuse like different things. Right, right. Okay. Well, so sounds like it's probably not like a hard trend or anything like that. So you know, it just kind of have to see what's going on with the new cards. Meta's and, complicated. Yeah, meta's definitely complicated. Um, you know, one thing that we didn't we didn't talk about, which I totally forgot that it was like within this week, was just the new cards that they announced. Right, like that XR announced or Dean announced. And, um, you know, like the odd ones, like the odd only cards. And actually, that's not it. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let me bring this up here. These four cards that he announced in that video. And, yeah, um, yeah we should talk about these. So, um, you know, we got Glitter Moth, Gloom Stag, Black Hat, and, and Merc's, uh, what is it? Merc's Spark Eel. And um, kind of want to get your opinions just first off, Tyler, because you weren't here for our discussion last week. Um, how do you feel about this, you know, odd only, even only type of uh, decks that have, you know, obviously a benefit of having that deck restriction? Um, I'm honestly a little bit sad because it feels like they're forcing the archetypes on us. Like, um, we don't get much options for deck buildings. I feel like it's like you get two decisions: either you choose do I play odd or do I play even, and and you have a certain amount of cards that you have to play because they're so strong, and then that's your deck. And then you and then we probably end up like when the expansion hits, we probably all end up like 
building the same type of decks with like maybe like five flex spots, five course difference or something. That's how I feel mm-hmm. like it will pan out. Um, I could be wrong. Um, maybe they will print enough cards to support this archetype, but I, I feel like um, we're just like getting more and more pre-made decks in a way. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think the pre-made the pre-made decks isn't so bad as long as they're not crazy strong. You know, kind of yeah, like like Cthune, right? I think Cthune's always the perfect example of a, a deck that was, you know, uh, it was ma- it was very accessible. It was made for you know they gave away free cards and stuff in terms of Cthune, yet it, the power level wasn't crazy, so it, it never you know ruled a, a meta and, and felt like spiteful did you know this or at least spiteful yeah. had its run right like a few months ago. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping it's not like that, but let's just take a look at these cards because these are the first cards I would say outside of you know one or two of the ones that are initially announced that support this type of uh, archetype. So or not archetype, but deck you know restriction. So glitter moth is a epic five mana four four beast battle cry. This is a priest card. If your deck has only odd card uh, odd cost cards, double the health of your other minions. So uh, that's definitely a priest theme in doubling health, and I don't know if we need any more <laughs> divine spirit type of things. <laughs> but I guess this is an odd only, right? So this would re- replace divine spirit, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think of this? I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? It just replaces it because divine spirit's an, an odd or an even card. So um, a little bit harder because it's more expensive. It's gonna be harder to pull off the combo. Yeah, I, I don't think it would fit in a combo or in a deck. So it's mm. it's more of a way to like capitalize on board control. Like you have a lot of minions on board, and you play this, and then you make all your minions more health. Um, so it feels like it's going to be more in a minion based deck rather than a combo deck. Because if I want to play the combo deck, I'd rather just pay two mana for my divine spirit and do with that, right? Yeah. 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 So, so I don't think it's quite the same. In a priest too, like the hero power, you know, because this whole odd thing, you're going to have to be hero powering a lot, like on the even turns. So the priest hero power is not good <laughs> at all. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, this is going to be pretty rough, I, I think, playing a, an odd only type of priest. Uh, I don't know, Gar. Can you think of any kind of priest that odd only like you could, that stands out to you right now? No, I, yeah. I was about to say we don't have that archetype right now where this card fits mm-hmm. in. Like you can't play it in a spiteful deck. Um, you can't play it in a normal inner fire decks. It's not good. You would just play divine spirit instead. It's just so much better. Yeah. Like it's easier to fulfill the combo, and you can play way more cards. And the card itself is really bad as a standalone five mana four voice. Terrible. I think that they just wanted to give Priest the worst one. That's my opinion. <laughs> one. Like, because the other ones just seem significantly better. They really seem like OP. Yeah. All right. Like the downside of building your deck for, for such a card is just, it's too big. I think it's more like a gimmicky thing. Right. Well, speaking of the other cards, why don't we move on to the next one, which is a Druid card, five mana, two, six beast, uh, taunt. And it's a gloom stack again. A battle cry. If your deck has an odd cost or has only odd cost cards, gain plus two, plus two. So this card is basically a four eight, right? Because you're you're not building a, you're not going to be yeah. building any, you know anything else. So it's a four eight with taunt, a five mana. So that's a pretty big taunt. At, uh, that's insane stats. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. So druid possibilities for druid. Then you know there's definitely a lot more of a one mana and. Three mana? Three mana is not 
well, I don't know. What's at three mana now? <laughs> like Jade Blossom's gone, right? So yeah, it's 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 gonna be great. It will definitely be playable because mm. with all the Jades rotating out, it's gonna be a completely different game. They'll like, add a bunch I, of stuff. Yeah, I think people will just yeah. Those decks will be like sort of playable always, even if they're not like super crazy OP. Mm-hmm. I think you can always make them work. I think it's gonna be a lot more fun. What do you get? How do you feel about the Justicar Druid Hero Power? Because I, I mean, I think that's going to be valid, right? When you're talking about odd costs, you're going to yeah. have to evaluate the hero powers. And how do you think that it's one very, works up? Hmm? It's very good. I, I just I'm a bit scared because they interfere with the DKs, and the DKs yeah. just seem yeah. better. Yeah. Like you don't want to not play Malforion. The same goes, for example, in Control Mage. You do not want to not play Jaina. And it's only in Warrior. Because the Warrior DK is like one of the weakest one, you can definitely make a Warrior deck without uh, Garish, and we will see a lot of tank tank up turn one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> turn yeah. Two. The Warrior is the one that's been talked most about, right? The, the most. Yeah. That's because tank up is the, one. The, one of the <laughs> historically best, uh, or it, it, it was the best, just a car hero power. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think. Well, go ahead. Yeah, and we don't have to play a six mana six three for it, so yeah, it's, it's even better than just sticker. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, the draw RNG is a way. You know, in the mirror, yeah. it came down to who drew Justica. It was mm-hmm. pretty lame. And now that you have it right from the start, it's actually better for the competitive scene. Much better. Like, the, yeah, if we both play a Justica Warrior deck, we both have the hero power from turn one. Oh, okay. Just from the you're just from yeah, it's a level a playing huge ground. Deal. Yeah, play, level playing ground. I thought you meant it's going to be great for, for like the t- no, advances. No, no. I'm like, I I don't think those are going to be exciting games to watch. Just like <laughs> people with fifty and sixty armor again. Oh man. I mean, uh, in the end, it's probably fun, much more fun to play than to watch. But uh, yeah, I think we're we're probably headed that way. And. Uh- I personally think it's more fun to watch when every decision of the player matters and not draw RNG deciding the game. This is why I personally stopped watching a lot of these tournaments because draw RNG is deciding so much in Hearthstone right now. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. It's just, I think that, um, you know, it's it's like Raza Priest versus Raza Priest. Like, I, I thought those were awesome matchups. But yeah, I, I can't are... I can't deny that the first five six turns are so boring like in that matchup right they're like <laughs> I wish I could just skip the first five six turns and not watch any of that right but um that, so I, I think that's probably a similar case with whatever war is going to happen and um yeah. you know like so, you know Dean or XR was was talking you know one of the things on the video which overall I thought was a really cool thing and I think they should do more of it but one of the things that they did for the first time was really show what they had it in mind, right? When they were designing this card and testing this card. And they, they basically just revealed, you know, decks that you can, can possibly build. Uh, what did you think of that? Do you, you think it's a good idea for Blizzard to actually give deck ideas instead of just, you know, taking a step back and just letting it organically come together? I personally think it's, it's, it's a great idea because these decks will definitely not be like the best decks available in the game, but to give out some ideas. Um, I'm still interested in the unicorn priest that we're like talking about, like <laughs> whatever that was. It does. Uh, it's called spiteful. Kind of ex- <laughs> it's the spiteful priest. No. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I-, I like it. Why not? You know. Yeah, I-, I don't see the harm in it either. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like um, for for a casual audience, like um, more casual players, it's uh, it definitely helps a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then for like players like me who are like playing it competitively, it shouldn't change anything because we end up trying to build decks that are way better than that, anyways. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I I agree too. I think it sets a good frame, and it, it just makes them look better too when they're presenting cards. You know, like it you just immediately have a discussion, and that's good. Uh, all right, the yeah. next one, the third one we have here is a black cat. So unlucky black cat, three mana, three three beast, spell damage plus one. Battlecry of your deck has odd cost cards. Draw a card. All right, so you get it's like Twilight Drake, basically. Yeah, um, Azure Drake. Oh, Azure, Azure, sorry, not Azure yeah. Drake, not Twilight Drake. Yeah, Azure yeah. Drake at three, which is crazy. <laughs> like that's it is crazy good, right? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like. Burn Mage? I mean, Burn Mage is missing okay. all the burn, right? So, so Wait, is this a neutral card? No, it's a Mage card. No, it's a Mage card. Oh, a mage card. It's a Mage oh, card. yeah, my bad. So no Frostbolt, no Fireball. Yeah, it doesn't matter because this is really what Mage needs. It's a good card throw mechanic, and this is very good card throw mechanic. Yeah, it's pretty... Pro- Usually you want to use spell power for uh, cheaper spells in general to abuse the effect, to, like, combine... The spell plus the spell power card, and if you don't play any two mana spells, so that's not like you don't benefit from the spell power as much. But it's just the best card draw card in the game, I think. Besides ultimate infestation, if you don't count that, it's just a super powerful card, and I think people will try to make it work. And it has the beast tag. I don't know if it will be relevant at all once curator is gone. Beast mage. <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, I mean, I generally agree, but you... I mean, there's a lot of cards I need to add. I mean, we're getting an expansion, but it's only, what, nine cards? And this is one of them. So probably like eight or, you know, seven or eight cards from... uh, I I just feel like that a lot of cards will see play now that are not seeing play right now because of the uh, uh, expansions that are still in the game. After the, these expansions rotate out, I think we will see way more cards being played from Cobalt and Catacombs and Lich King. Like, what spell would be played for with this card? Like, odd uh, and even. Or just odd. Um, spells? Yeah, like, is there a good I mean, one-mana spell right now? Like, three mana is obviously the oh, secret, but, so that doesn't... One-mana spell is worse, but... Oh, for three mana, it's like Volcanic Potions, right? You would probably oh, Volcanic Potion, that's true, yeah. Twilight. Oh, if it's still in the game, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> Volcanic Potion is an Angora thing, right? Oh, no, I don't no, know. no, actually, it's not, right? I, it's actually a. Oh, I think it is gone. Volcanic Potion. Yeah, I was thinking it was gone, Vol- Volcano. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wonder if Blizzard realizes, like, how important it is uh, the spells from every expansion. They have, like, the, the by far the biggest impact on the state of the game and how fun the game is and everything. Mm-hmm. Way more than the minions, right? We always get like a bunch of minions and crazy minions even. And there's oftentimes so many crazy minions per slot that you can't even play them all, right? And usually we get very few very good spells, right? So if you get like, if Mage for instance gets bad spells in this expansion, you ca- will not see this card being played just because you can't build a deck, right? Right. Oh, actually, there's Breath of Sindragosa. Somebody mentioned that in chat. Yeah, Breath of Sindragosa could be really good with this card. Yeah, about that. Yeah. But... It's not so 
Yeah, yeah. It's not great, it's a, but it's, it's still, you yeah. know, it's maybe, definitely Maybe something. it's going to be playable, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, because you combine it and then you take out something. It could be, yeah, for yeah. sure. Depends on the meta, right? Yeah. So I, I think that you might be right about that. This card might not be strong in the first, first expansion, but maybe after two expansions, there'll be plenty of support. Um, maybe Mage gets Psychic Scream. Yeah. It's a cute card, though. <laughs> I, I like the animation. <laughs> that The drawing looks a little bit different than, like, the... Uh, the no, it's other... a good card. Yeah. No, it's... it's that's what it comes down to. The card itself is, is really good. Mm -hmm. So you, it gives you the incentive to make it work. Yeah. Okay, and the last one we got here is a Shaman card. Two mana, uh, Merc Spark Eel, rare card, and it's a 2-3 beast. Uh, Battle Cry. Oh, one thing, I didn't even realize this, but all of them are beasts, no. right? If your deck yeah. has only even cost cards, deal two damage. So, wow. Okay. So, again, another really good card. Uh, but you have the restriction. Finally, there. a good Shaman card. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. I can't remember the last time Shaman got like a good card. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for two mana. So, you have to give up your ones. There's not many one drops to begin with, but, you know, there are one spells that you have to give up. So, um, you know, no more evolves, right? Um, the, the three mana slot was usually extremely stacked for Shaman, though. Mm hmm. Yep. So like this mana tides, lightning storms, uh, stonehill defenders, there are a bunch of all the heal cards, tar creepers. Mm -hmm. You can't play any of those. But lightning storm sucks anyways. It's like my my most hated card in the entire game because you have to play it in shaman, but you always hate it after you played it. Are people still playing lightning storm? Really? Like I, you I have to. Like, I think people play you know just volcano yeah. these days over over it. The and... dude paladin. Yeah, Merc, they, they refill the board like 20,000 times. <laughs> they do, it's but it's like if all you're doing is playing <laughs> removal cards, it's like you're not doing anything yeah. either. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, all right. Well, so, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it, Tyler? Like, what do you think about this eel card? Like, on its own, it's very strong, right? Obviously, it's overstated for all of these odd even cards. But yeah, it, it needs to have the right cards to support it. I don't think right now there's enough cards to justify building a, a deck around a 2-mana, two 2-3, two, deal 2 damage to stay yeah. Shaman, because Shaman is by far the worst deck right now. It's insanely bad. And also, there's no archetype we would play it in. If this was an elemental, then maybe mm -hmm, like an right. elemental Shaman. But right now we, have, like, we will have a base of Freeze Shaman and like some elemental remains. Jades will yeah. be gone. So what kind of Shaman? Well, you know what's also weird about um, the even cost card restriction is that, you know, I mentioned before with the odd cost, at least you can use hero power, right? With, uh, I mean, and it, and it matches up, it uses all your mana, right? You would have to be wasting mana bit. I mean, you're going to use your hero power on odd, so it's not even yeah. like a very good use of your, your mana um, in terms of the, the even ones. So, uh, yeah, 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 you can fill out the curve with the uneven much easier on four. You play one and three, yeah, uh, on five, you play, and so forth. Yeah, exactly. wow, guys, did, is this why they hexed uh, nerfed hex? Makes all sense now. <laughs> this is why they are nerfed hex. <laughs> hex died for this. Oh, god, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, maybe who knows? Um, what do you think about the the shaman hero power? The shaman hero power for Jessicar is just choosing a custom one, right? It's by far the worst one. God, they should yeah. just like. Why can't you just cast two totems? That would have been so much better. It's just please that hate shaman. I don't know. <laughs> hate shaman. You know worst Jessica hero power, like it's... worst just standard hero power, worst cards in general. 
two years. Two you gotta be two years of hell, like, but before you work gonna off, wait yeah. another two years, then shaman <laughs> is great again. It's the shaman overlord era. We're we're still paying. For wait, it. can this go face? Uh, yeah, but we can. can't play Doomhammer. It feels yeah. bad. Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and no Leroy. Yeah, to to, 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 to actually asked in chat. Do you th do you guys think coin RNG will be more important with these odd and even stuff? That's a good point. Coin's going to be really important, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you definitely want coin if you're playing these decks. No question. Yes, it's yeah, it's yeah. actually going to be pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, curious to see how that will pan out, but. That's a good point, actually. Really good point. Yeah, I I think that um yeah I'm just I'm just hoping they're not too strong. As long as these decks aren't too strong, we won't have curve. And it's not even curves. It's like odd curve, even curve stone. Be funny. I mean, like for, from my experience, like the thing with these types of decks is they don't want it to be too strong, and then there always ends up being like one deck that ends up like they end up missing it. and yeah <laughs> yeah, and then it ends up being really strong and everyone abuses it. Because okay. it's very hard for Blizzard to test all of these decks, right? And like mm -hmm. figure out the entire meta and everything. Yeah, we're talking and, and, three or four people versus hundreds of thousands of people coming up with ideas. So yeah. hundreds of thousands of people usually figure out ways to abuse things that they they didn't. Uh, okay, uh, we got one more question. See, Doom1491, what do you think of a rotation mode where every month, except for after new expansion release, the available sets change? I think it would provide a cool deck building challenge and could highlight cards which were not even good enough for standard or wild and, and were too fancy for arena synergy. Each rotation should include three expansions, classic, or four if two adventure bases are in it. Okay, so, yeah, what do you think? I mean, I guess it would be a game mode, right, that you could just have rotating expansions or maybe there's only, like, three expansions available to you. You know, and they change it, like, each, each um, I don't know, each season maybe HTT season or something like that um you know i i think magic does something like this right or they have like a a mode that's kind of like this i don't know if you guys are magic players or not but um you know I, I think we've maybe talked about this a little bit in the past i don't know you guys like this idea i mean changing cards like to that extent like basically huge rotation uh, i think there's a lot of people that just like to have one deck and then practice it and master a deck. Yeah. And if if that happens to, like you said, it should be like a different game mode. It shouldn't be in standard. Yeah. I think it's too fast. I think what we have right now is like pretty good with the yearly cycles. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people can get used to some decks and actually learn some decks because some decks are actually very difficult to master. And if it's every month, it's just Clown Fiesta. Yeah. Every month is too short, for sure. You, like. It's hard to even. Yeah, I also think I also think every month is too short. What I do think though is that right now the cycles feel a little bit too slow for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, the meta gets like, near the end; it gets very stale, and we end up playing the same stuff over and over. So for me personally, I, I think more change is always good. That's why, um, for example, just just the nerfs happening last month I think was really good for the meta. Like patches being nerfed, like it, it changes the meta completely. So, I. I think there should be more frequent change. I don't know in what form, but I feel like if if we have like changes more often, then that renews the meta more often rather than playing the same decks over and over again for like a period of three months. I think that's a little bit too long. Would you have yeah, taken the? Would you have liked to have seen the reset happen, like right now, like mid March, and then the expansion comes out mid 
April, just hypothetically speaking. Where no, I, no, I think that would be like too too much. Okay, for sure. But yeah. uh, I think the way we have three month cycles, I think that's a little bit too slow. Also, I think right now we have a huge balancing balancing issue. Still, I think it's worse than ever before. Like for example, priest and warlock are so much better. The power level of priest and warlock are so much above the other seven classes. It's ridiculous. Like you, you can do this when you do tournament preparations. Like Tyler said, you expected every single player to have Priest and Warlock. And then every single player had Priest and Warlock. It's like so predictable because it's nowhere close, the power level of the class. Like you, you yep. can have like four different tier one Priest decks and two different like, or even three different Warlock tier one decks. And every other class is so much worse. It, tournaments right now are about finding the best third and fourth deck. I think this is what decides the winner of the tournament. Like who is the like best bad deck? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I, I agree with that. And I mean, current state of it is that way, but it wasn't that long ago. I mean, for Warlock, I would say even an expansion ago, Warlock was in bad shape. Yes. I mean, we like barely can even could play Zoo, right? And um, it, it was just one expansion has turned them into a powerhouse with just the, the cube, you know, in control lock. And then priests, you know, we've seen this, right? We've seen this building up of priests for three expansions now. And now yes. I think we're just seeing like the, the product of that. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is that it can change in one expansion. Like they could make, I think they could make a uh, shaman, even, even shaman. I think they could make powerful if they wanted to just with one swoop. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried, but I'm not quite as concerned just given the, what I saw happen to warlock and, and, you know, yeah. uh, most people thought warlock, like discard warlock was going to be the way to go, right? Like it was going to be the quest that was going to make warlock good. And it just, it didn't even go that direction at all. Cube came out and all this craziness. So that gives me confidence in them. I like, we always had like the best decks in the game, but I feel like the, the bad decks were just close in power level and that made the game so much more fun. People were always playing like fun decks. This is why people like, like this classic Hearthstone, whatever. It's just like, uh, for example, Combo Druid and Miracle Rock were like the best decks, but you still had like Control Paladin or Control Priest or whatever. They were not like that much weaker. You could still beat these decks. And right now, if you play Control Shaman, you really notice you just get destroyed by like Control Lock. Because, the, because <laughs> the, the power level is just so. It's like I'm playing a different game. It's, but the power level can change favorite. if they just add a win condition that all of a sudden synergizes with For instance, them, yeah. you know, like that that's what Shaman's missing. They're just missing a win condition that synergizes really, really well with what they currently have. So if they did something like that, then all of a sudden we'd we'd see something. Hunter, right? Like all of us were complaining how crappy Hunter was, and all of a sudden <laughs> who knew that the the what we thought was a meme was actually something that was going to work out in the long run for Spell Hunter. You know, actually be a, a legitimate deck. So, um, you know, I, I think that it can change. It might be harder to change whenever you're re resetting a bunch of cards. But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, we're, we're not going to see any change in Warlock. I think Warlock's still going to be crazy powerful after the mm -hmm. reset. But Priest, we'll see a significant decline to Priest. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's good and, you know, like uh, Operative's gone, right? I mean, that's like a big component out of a lot of those, those decks. And um, even Big Priest, like Big Priest is going to be missing a few things too now. So, um, you know, Priest will take a little bit of a hit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, so there was something earlier I was mentioning. I kind of wanted to circle back and I, I was talking about the arena change 
and how um, you know did we? I didn't really get a chance to look at the stats. Well, anyways, I just kind of pulled it up real quick on HS Replay, and you can see Lich King is at three point three percent now. So they've like lowered it by a third as to like how it shows up. Um, so that's pretty significant. Uh, but you'll notice that Stonehill Defenders are the same though. So if you still want Lich King, just get Stonehill Defenders. <laughs> just drop Stonehill <laughs> Defenders, and you're still you're still gonna get your Lich King. So. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of uh, something that we, we saw change um, uh, with the hotfix there. And uh, see, Andre in let's see, Andre FZR asks in chat, why do you think Blizzard doesn't consider buffing other cards to balance the meta, only choose to nerf cards to unplayable once in a while? Um, ben actually answered yeah. that question in the video. Right. Ben, uh, let me see, where is it? Here we go. So Ben answers it here. He said They asked him basically why nerfs instead of buffs. And he said that putting all cards into a playable state is not the goal. Some cards are intentionally bad, but we also uh, like printing cards later on that make previously bad cards better. For example, Mysterious Challenger suddenly made Secret, uh, Secret Paladin amazing. So, um, yeah, it kind of leads back to, there's just a lot of new ideas that they don't feel like they need to... You know, circle back and and buff any existing <laughs> ones. I guess that's the yeah. It, it's just impossible, right? To like print cards that are all going to be playable. That's just never going to happen. At the end of the day, players going to figure out which are thirty best cards to play in a deck, anyways. So if you're going to print two hundred cards or whatever, yeah, um, it's impossible to make two hundred cards all highly competitively viable in all decks. Like that's just not going to happen. Would that actually so, be like, a good thing too? I don't. I mean, no, I guess I don't think so. Probably not, right? Like, imagine what the uh, how how we would feel about pay to <laughs> just how much money it would cost to play Arsenal if we felt like we had to have every single card to actually mm -hmm. compete. That would be a bad thing. And they're all epics and legends. Yeah, you're right. If they're all rare, epic, and legend, you know, level power level, that would be awful. So um, can't blame them. You know, for that, but you know, I think that there there will be a time in, in some somewhere down the road that they they'll feel like they'll need to change. You know, like they run out of good ideas, and you you know you kind of try to build off of what what's currently there. Um. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions. Um. You know, I, I think that uh, it might be a good time right now to give a shout out. At least let folks know that um, if you want to support Value Town, you can go to our Patreon, patreoncom Town, and if you make a pledge, it really helps out in helping us continue the show. You know, support. You know, any of the things that we we uh, you know want to do with the show or improve the show. So, um, you know, if you enjoy it, definitely consider, uh, you know, making a pledge today because it would be amazing. And I want to give a shout out to just a few of the patrons, like we always do, for just how much appreciation we have for them. Uh, Mike T, our legendary producer, as always. And then uh, Dave C, Devin Y, Engine S, Zhang, or Zihong C, Old Man Riv, Johnson C, Grant A, Louise L, Mike V, Zach M, Evie, David A, Nicholas H. Thank you so much for uh, you know just being patrons. A lot of these guys have been patrons for a long time, so you guys are amazing. Um, but that's going to be it, guys. I think we we blew through these topics, man. Tyler, it's like always a blast to have you on, and uh, you know I can't wait to see you at HCT Oslo. It's time to win, dude. It's yep, time, to, it's win time to win with style, <laughs> man. We need <laughs> we need some somebody to do that. So um, yeah, good luck this weekend. But you got any shout outs you want to do before you take off? Um, well, thank you for my team, of course, Complexity, for sending me to all these events this year. It is in, uh, yeah, 
get to compete a lot. That's cool. And of course, shout out to you for having me here. I like yeah. talking about Hearthstone. Uh, you, you know that I am very competitive player, so mm -hmm. that's all I talk about. And uh, this was cool. And uh, yeah, shout out to Gara. It was fun talking to cool. you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Tano. Love you too, man. Cafe Pride. <laughs> yes, Cafe Pride. Uh, Gara, you got any shout outs you want to do? Uh, shout out to my temp, uh, Twitter at TempoGara on my stream, Twitch TV slash Garbage Shaman. Maybe gonna rename it this year. I don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> at least remove the best shaman. It's, Give it it's one more expansion. Normal. Maybe Shaman like, will make it. Like, come on. It's like gonna yeah, rename it like every year. See what Blizzard does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And shout out to the viewers. Love you all. Cup of pride. And shout out to Impact. I did a lot of uh, playtesting with him for Oslo. So, yeah, he, he's playing like a lot of decks that I'm suggesting. So I'm really curious yeah. to see how he's going to do. A lot of good players are going to go. Strife Ghost is going as well. I, I haven't seen him like compete, I think, at any of the... It's been a while. Or, like at any tournament in a long time, it's right? It's definitely been a while, yeah. It's going to be a stack tournament as always. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and... Um, yeah, now are very exciting times coming up. The very first prelims, you know, in May. Mm -hmm. It's like good times, like competitive-wise. Yeah. Cool. All right, you know, definitely exciting times. And I'll round things out. Um, my shout-out, obviously, shout-out to you two for doing the show and everybody for watching. You guys are always awesome. You can find our show on iTunes and and um, Google Play if you want to listen to it on the way to work. SoundCloud, too, at soundcloud.com slash Just look up Value Town or look up Hearthstone. You'll find us. If you like the show, go leave us a five-star review, comment. It always helps out people finding, uh, you know, looking for a Hearthstone podcast. Also, I want to give a shout-out to or just let you guys know that um, HS Replay, we, we um, released collection uploading today. So collection syncing, you know, whatever you guys want to call it. Now you can actually... Um, uh, you know, through HTT, um, you can set up uh, just the ability just to have your collections just automatically synced with the site. So, you know, if you go to the site right now, you'll see this banner and, you know, it'll definitely give you some instructions on how to do it. And once you once you guys set up, you can actually, you know, just basically limit it to your your collection. It doesn't look great right now because my browser is like tiny here. But, you know, you can actually see the listing of all the sites and what you can build and, you know, the ones that you need dust for. So a lot of folks have been asking for that for a long time. And we're like happy to finally be able to, to you know, build it and put it in the site. So we're really excited about it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it too. And, uh, you know, let us know if you got any feedback about it. Uh, but that's going to be it, guys. Oh, also, you can find the VODs at uh, youtube.com slash hsreplay, as, uh, hsreplaynet, as well as uh, youtube.com slash chmab. So right now we're kind of doing on both for now, and eventually we'll probably switch all the way over. But uh, that's going to be it, guys, for Value Town this week. So for Tyler, Gara, and myself, Chamb, we'll see you next week. Peace.